Welcome to Poptopia. Welcome to Poptopia, your podcast for all things pop culture. I'm your host, Paul French, and it is Friday, July 18th, 2008. On today's show, The Dark Knight debuts, and that's no joke. We slice into the SAG squabble, and the Emmys give The Wire, The Bird, one last time. So, of course, this week, uh, Emmy nominations came out, and uh, Lost from Outstanding Drama Series is The Wire. Did they not watch the show? I don't know. Anyway, let's uh, let's do a quick review of the uh, the Emmy nominees for Outstanding Drama Series. You have Boston Legal, but not The Wire. Boston Legal is a drama series, but not The Wire. So yeah, Boston Legal, uh, Damages, which was uh, definitely one of my favorite uh, favorite uh, shows from last year. Uh, Dexter, House, Lost, and Mad Men. Definitely some good shows on there. But Boston Legal? Really? Uh, for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series, you got Gabriel Byrne for In Treatment. Um, and and I, I've tried to get into this series, and it's interesting. It's certainly a great concept. Um, it, it just... Uh, I, I, and, and actually, you know, I say that, I also like the fact that when I look at it on demand, I can choose to follow a particular character. I can choose to follow a particular week, all that kind of stuff. So I kind of like the way they've packaged it. Um, but, uh, it's, it's hard to get through the whole season. It it just is. Um, but I'm not that deep into it, so I'm going to give it more of a try. So Gabriel Byrne for In Treatment, Brian Cranston for Breaking Bad, Michael C. Hall for Dexter, John Hamm for Mad Men, Hugh Laurie for House, and James Spader for Boston Legal. Pretty solid category there, and, uh, and, and I think it's going to be a tough choice for people. Um, yeah, I think that's a really tough choice, actually. Okay, let's look at Outstanding Lead Actress in Drama Series. Glenn Close for Damages, Sally Field for Brothers and Sisters, Mariska Hargitay for Law & Order Special Victims Unit, Holly Hunter for Saving Grace, and Kira Sedgwick for The Closer. I'd go with Glenn Close there, because, man, she was really good in damages. Um, Outstanding supporting actor in a drama series. William Shatner for Boston Legal. Again, drama series? I don't know. Um, That would assume that what Shatner's doing on the show is a dramatic turn. And I'm not trying to get down on Boston Legal. You know, I've I've watched the show, and uh, and I kind of dig it. But uh, I haven't watched in the last couple of years, but hey, that's by the by. Uh, Ted Danson for Damages, Zelko Ivanek for Damages, and both of them put in just amazing performances, Michael Emerson for Lost, and John Slattery for Mad Men. Again, pretty solid category. A little dicey on the Shatner, but, you know, that's just me. Um, Because, you know, outstanding actor. I don't think those words have ever really been used seriously in conjunction with the name William Shatner. For Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series, Candace Bergen for Boston Legal, Rachel Griffiths for Brothers and Sisters, Chandra Wilson for Grey's Anatomy, Sandra Oh for Grey's Anatomy, and Diane Wiest for In Treatment. For Outstanding Comedy Series, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Entourage, The Office, 30 Rock, and Two and a Half Men. That's a good category. I'm, I'm digging that. I, I'm, I'm leaning toward it being uh, 30 Rock. Hope they'll get the recognition, but who knows? Who knows? Um, looking at outstanding lead actor in a comedy series, Alec Baldwin for Thirty Rock, Tony Shalhoub for Monk, 
Lee Pace for Pushing Daisies, Steve Carell for The Office, and Charlie Sheen for Two and a Half Men. If they don't give it to Alec Baldwin, they're insane. I know that they've got all this love for Tony Shalhoub, and he always gets the uh, this category, but insane, I tell you. Although he might not have got it last year. I don't I don't recall exactly who won last year. Um, outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. Tina Fey for 30 Rock. Christina Applegate for Samantha Who. Uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus for The New Adventures of Old Christine. America Ferreira for Ugly Betty. And Mary Louise Parker for Weeds. Um, top of my head, I'm, I'd, I'd probably go with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Um, although Tina Fey, pretty, pretty damn close, uh, I gotta say. Um, Samantha, who I, I've I liked a few of the episodes, but it it wasn't it's not sort of a uh, must watch show for me. All right, outstanding act, supporting actor in a comedy series: Jeremy Piven for Entourage, Kevin Dillon for Entourage, Neil Patrick Harris for How I Met Your Mother, Rain Wilson for The Office, and John Cryer for Two and a Half Men. Really solid category there. Got to give the edge to Neil Patrick Harris though, because hey, what would Neil Patrick Harris do? That's that's what I'm saying. Uh, for Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, the game's over right as it starts. Kristen Chenoweth for Pushing Daisies. Done. Other nominees include, not not to appear biased or anything, other nominees include Gene Smart for Samantha Who, Amy Poehler for Saturday Night Live, Holland Taylor for Two and a Half Men, and Vanessa Williams for Ugly Betty. Yeah, it's totally Kristen Chenoweth's game. Uh, I, that's it, Yeah. Outstanding reality competition program. Well, there is uh, there is an oxymoron if I ever heard one. Uh, American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, Project Runway, The Amazing Race, and Top Chef. Uh, looking at outstanding host for a reality or reality uh, competition program. You got Ryan Seacrest for American Idol, Tom Bergeron for Dancing with the Stars, Howie Mandel for Deal or No Deal, Heidi Klum for Project Runway, and Jeff Probst for Survivor. Looking at outstanding miniseries, Cranford, John Adams, The Andromeda Strain, and Tin Man. It's got to go to John Adams, man. That that series was absolutely fantastic. Great performances from Paul Giamatti, even from Laura Linney. Um, and uh, just across the board, just a great series. And I think it really made that, that period of history that much more accessible to a lot of people. Outstanding lead actor in a miniseries or movie, Ralph uh, Ray Fiennes for Bernard and Doris, Richie Gervais for Ricky Gervais, sorry, for Extras, the Extra Special Series finale, Paul Giamatti for John Adams, Kevin Spacey for Recount, and Tom Wilkinson also for Recount. Looking at outstanding lead actress in a miniseries or movie, Felicia Rashad for Raisin in the Sun, Catherine Keener for An American Crime, Susan Sarandon for Bernard and Doris, Judy Dench for Cranford, and Laura Linney for John Adams. Outstanding supporting actor in a miniseries or movie, David Morse for John Adams, Stephen Delane for John Adams, Tom Wilkinson for John Adams. Like I said, solid series. You got to check it out if you haven't. Um, also nominated in that category are Dennis Leary for Recount and Bob Balaban for Recount. Apparently, there were only a couple of miniseries last year. Outstanding supporting actress in a miniseries or movie, Audra McDonald for A Raisin in the Sun, Eileen Atkins for Cranford, Ashley Jensen for Extras, the Extra Special Series Finale, Alfrey Wood Woodard for Pictures of Hollis Woods, and Laura Dern for, you guessed it, Recount. So that's the Emmy nominations, and I did it with uh, only half the show uh, taken up by it. So there you go. I can't. Uh, the Wire did get, I think, a writing um, 
nomination. And I, and I just have kind of the top categories there, but uh, um, and deservedly so for the writing of that show. But still, can't believe it didn't get nominated for, uh, for Best Drama. Um, Zach Braff is likely to leave the show uh, Scrubs, even if it continues beyond this season. Of course, they've been given additional uh, life to their season uh, on ABC, which picked it up after NBC canceled it. And uh, Stephen McPherson has made it no secret that he'd like to keep it around if it does well. And um, creator Bill Lawrence has said that he's open to it as well. He says it's definitely looking like it's going to be Zach's last year on the show. He said when he when he created the show... Uh, Steve McPherson was the president of the studio and he was really supportive when he pitched it as sort of being like ER as a comedy with revolving cast members, etc. Um, but basically, uh, you know, if it gets picked up beyond that, all of the regulars would be welcome back. But they've pretty much uh, acknowledged that the end of the road is near for uh, Zach Braff's character, uh, J.D., he said, the sense is what we thought we were ending, and thanks to uh, Steve McPherson, this has been a bonus amazing year. We're having a blast doing this. And uh, Braff says, uh, continues, my sense is that this is my last year. If the show does continue, like he's saying, like an ER kind of thing, I would love to come back and visit and definitely direct some and do craft service if they need some help. Lawrence says the JD will definitely get a send-off properly. He says, if this show pulls a legitimate number and people like yourselves find it creatively viable i think there's a chance it'll go forward we're making the shows now so we're certainly going to film the last one like it's young zach braff's exit and make a big deal out of it uh dark knight of course is starting out um in a record number of theaters uh starting out today i actually drove past the local cinema last night and they had a lineup around the corner for a midnight screening um so it's looking like it's going to be propelled way past the uh, 100 million dollar mark on the opening weekend um Topping that um, number will put, basically put Dark Knight into uh, into a rare field, which uh, has only seen really 10, uh, 10 other wide-release movies, including Spider-Man 3 and Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Um, advanced ticket sales have uh, resulted in the sellout, complete sellout of nearly 1,000 showtimes, uh, according to online ticket seller Fandango. Um, Rick Butler, Chief Operating Officer for Fandango, said it's been a true phenomenon for us. We started to see interest as early as last year for this film. So, yeah, it's definitely going to do some huge business. A lot of people wanting to check out Heath Ledger's last performance. And, of course, it's freaking Batman. So what's going on with the, with the SAG strike? Of course, uh, last week I reported the, uh, the AMTP, AMPTP had uh, basically put out a an ultimatum to uh, to the Screen Actors Guild. And so the Screen Actors Guild has given a detailed explanation for its rejection of the final contract offered by the Hollywood Studios, basically saying that there, there's shortfalls in pay and union jurisdiction on made-for-internet productions. Uh, Doug Allen, the Guild's executive director, in a letter to the 120,000 uh, members, said that the offer would allow non-union actors into almost all new media productions for the foreseeable future said that the offer also would leave out residual fees paid to actors for content that is made specifically for and then retransmitted, retransmitted on the web. Um, he said, for example, a program originally made for ABC.com could be available for reviewing on ABC.com as often as possible and forever with no residuals. The stakes are too high to concede. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Artists has responded with uh, an, an equally detailed statement describing the Internet officer offer as a major advancement from the previous contract. Um, so it looks like there's still no no common ground here, and it's, it looks like it's going to be really, 
Well, it looks like we're going to really see what happens uh, by the August 15th deadline and, uh, and you know, see if, uh, because basically that's at that point, any of the pay increases do, do not end up being retroactive. So I think that's going to really put some pressure on the, uh, the SAG leadership. Um, also, uh, today, big, big deal today, or really last night, was the uh, Watchmen trailer uh, put out on, online. And I tell you, it looks fantastic. Still a little nervous, still a little worried, you know, still thinking that, still actually thinking that I, I still don't believe that they're actually making a movie of The Watchmen. Just seems strange. But uh, another thing that uh, Warner Brothers has come out with is uh, what they call motion comics. Uh, Warner Brothers Digital Distribution and Warner Premiere have announced a new way for graphic novel fans to connect with their favorite characters and the stories they know and love through short-form digital content. Warner Premiere's motion comics draw on a massive amount of source material to bring a visually engaging experience to life through use of subtle movements, voiceovers, sweeping music scores, and stunning comic book artwork. The highly anticipated debut of DC Comics Watchmen is now available exclusively as a free iTunes download for the next two weeks, and this is actually going through uh, Entertainment Weekly's website, and next week they've got a cover story on Watchmen, so that's uh, ew.com slash Watchmen. Um, and starting on August 2nd, the... Um, Watchmen motion comic will be available on the iTunes store for purchase and download for $1.99. And they'll also be coming out with Eisner Award winning Batman Mad Love, which starred the Batman, uh, the Joker, and Harley Quinn. And so it'll be downloaded to own on Xbox Live, also available on Verizon Wireless's recast video service starting on July 22nd. Um, and they'll have a full lineup of Warner Premiere's motion comics and release dates that will be announced shortly after Comic-Con. This is a pretty big deal. You know, they've been talk there's been a lot of talk of what they're going to do with digital content and, you know, is it going to be sort of uh, just a straightforward, hey, this is what you read or are they going to do something different? It's going to be interesting to see how this takes off. Um definitely several years ago, um and I'm going back probably about maybe 12, 13 years ago, uh, sort of when uh, when CD-ROMs first became really affordable and um and everyone was sort of rushing out because everything was all about multimedia and interactive and so you had um you, you could get you know comics online or uh, you could get comics on cd-rom so you get like x-men one and it would have like an interface where you could scroll through the picture and that kind of thing and sometimes they had little audio clips and that sort of thing and i think in that case a lot of the stuff was uh little audio clips taken from the uh, the x-men cartoon that was on at the time anyway it's uh it's an interesting strategy and it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with it and there you have it. That's all the time we got for today. Comments, as always, are welcome at poptopiapodcast at gmail.com. Check out the forum at forum.poptopiapodcast.com. Outside of that, have a great week. <laughs>